Fuck you. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Japanese asshole. Of course it was him. He's like, guys, you gotta be so fucking serious. Like, I will hurt someone. All of us get serious with this fuckboy. He's with his face. <laughs> That's <laughs> usually the response, yes. Okay. That's the start. Welcome to the first episode of Shield for the Crown, a political grim fantasy role-playing game using the Iron Ties rule system. Uh, before I get into the nitty-gritty job of GMing these people, they should probably introduce themselves. Uh, I am Tyler Zioli. I'll be paying, playing... I'll be paying. Ah, yes. How interesting. What a valid statement. Um, I will be playing Byron Penrose, uh, a witch hunter extraordinaire. Uh, I'm Nick. I'll be playing Julian Flynn. The uh, he's just an archer. I'm Samantha. I'm playing Catalina Valor, and she's a cleric of the Lady of Sacred Flame. And my name is Anthony. I'll be playing Cirillo Vasiri, the Lord Protector of the Queen, the King's family. And lastly, my name is Ken Miyaguchi. I will be playing everyone else as the game master for this campaign. Um, I am also the author of the Iron Ties. System. Before we continue, a brief explanation on Iron Ties. Iron Ties is a role-playing system much in the veins of Blades in the Dark, Dogs in the Vineyard, and Dungeon World, in which players can choose how likely they are to succeed on a given role, but at the cost of maybe not being able to succeed later on. It's also a system that demands the character change the more traumatic experiences that they suffer. The basis for any kind of challenge or conflict in the game is fairly simple. At the start, we decide what is at stake to win or lose from the challenge, how difficult it is on a scale of trivial to chancy to desperate, and then we begin rolling. As the GM, I set a target number for the player. This can be a number usually from 1 to 6, and how many of them they need to roll in order to succeed. They roll, depending on the pools taken from their marks or qualities, which are special traits that they have, or their ability scores and skills. They roll, we interpret the dice as oracles, and I give the result. Well, they know the result. I give, actually, how it turns out happening. Whether it is that Cirillo Vasiri does, in fact, stab someone through the kidney, or just kind of lightly pokes it, like an annoying child. Fun fact about a player, Tyler Zioli has three kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the precedent we're setting. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. The bar is there. <laughs> All right. Uh, as, <laughs> as we encounter more rules, we will explain them along the way. No one has officially played the system, but most players have a decent handle on how it goes. I will be explaining as it continues. Uh, a brief primer. Primer. Sorry. On our setting of Colwyn. Our setting for Shield for the Crown is set in the low fantasy grim kingdom of Colwyn, a sort of mix between medieval Germany and early Renaissance Spain. The kingdom has had a long and bloody history and has only recently achieved a sort of ceasefire with its long-standing political enemy of Steinira, which is off to the east of the mainland mass of Colwyn. The kingdom consists of mostly humans, with other demi-humans being considered lowborn and foreigners being considered dangerous and suspicious. The only real exception being elves who have enough populace and standing in the kingdom to be at times considered equals, which we'll see involving Byron Penrose. Uh, magic is very rare, powerful, and dangerous, and is strictly controlled by an organization known as the Order of Ebon, which is equal parts magical school and magical Auschwitz. 
Those who practice magic outside of the order are soon found. <laughs> I knew I, wouldn't, I wasn't going to get away with it, but I tried. A magical Auschwitz. Um, those who practice magic outside of the order are soon found and asked to join. If they resist, they are arrested and put into said magical concentration camps uh, to either serve or to be executed if they are much too dangerous to be controlled. Think of it as a much worse prisoner of Azkaban. Or, sorry, yeah, prison of Azkaban. Religion is a very strong subject in Colin, with its two standing powers being the faith of the eponymous lady, the faith of the Lady of the Sacred Flame, of which we have a cleric, and the faith of the Aesir. The faith of the Lady of the Sacred Flame is supposedly quote-unquote light and caring, and we love people, but they're also really known for burning witches and running crusades, Thank basically you. willy-nilly. And the faith of the Aesir is a lot more about honor and family and traditional values as people who have to work the land and yet rise up to protect them, yet it's also very brutal and basically demands the death of anyone who wrongs you through brutal one-on-one -on -one combat but hey you know freedom of religion i suppose except not because every other faith is considered a heretic faith and you don't want to be caught worshiping one of them it's it's just gonna end bad universally it's just gonna end bad don't 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 try i'm looking at you everyone heretics goddamn pagans uh the <laughs> <laughs> the gods are real, that is to say, there is something in heaven that listens to prayers, answers pleas for help, and grants some very specific members of certain faiths powers. However, it doesn't mean it's the god you're worshipping, nor is it a god at all. It could just be your ideology manifesting in mystic powers. Because, well, hey, they need something to kill each other over. Might as well be religion. Yes. Uh, monsters exist, but for the most part have been pushed to the far edges of the civilized realms. If they pop up, they're usually a big problem for the local populace. Uh, adventuring, quote-unquote, as one might understanding in most Dungeons & Dragons fiction, does not exist. The political system and the state of the country does not allow for roving bands of murder hobos to go around, so it doesn't quite work out like that. So when a problem that might in other settings be handled by an adventuring company crops up in Colwyn, it's usually a rather large nuisance. It's, it's usually a pretty fucking big problem. You know, considering there are no adventurers with their plus five sharpness swords of, I'm gonna kill the player next to me for his gold. And I think with that, we're ready to start. In proper, I think. In game. It is August 20th, the year 1082 of the Colwyn Imperial Calendar. We fade in from the title sequence of our show, whatever that may be. Something in between, I don't know, Game of Thrones and Mad Men. Find something in between that. We have a shot from the outside of Castle Holstein on the closest rooftops, looking inwards towards the keep. It's night, the moon is not quite full, and as usual, the streets especially the keep itself is alight with fire. The city streets glow and hum with song, with the footsteps of people dancing and the sound of bottles being uncorked, drained, and then dashed on the streets. But so much fire casts ever longer shadows. We pan up from the party in the streets to the roof of a nearby building. A man shifts his weight on the terracotta tiles, gazing over the street rivers of light towards the castle. He smirks. We pan over to inside the walls of the castle to Cyrilla Vasiri in the courtyard, walking inside to the party, to this memorial feast of the death of Queen Sophia. 
I think we open with you. So everyone's in, like, the party started, right? Yeah, the party, the party has officially just begun. You hear music coming in from outside, uh, from inside, and you see those, uh, strange wardens that you were told about walking about. One of them, who's leaning over the parapets, turns to you. Just a passing glance, but something about it you find off. Okay. Um, I'm at the doors, or...? You're you're walking through the archways that will lead to inside the keep itself, and from there you could get to the yeah. massive dining hall, so, where the main party is. based off the look, I'm gonna just... As I'm strolling forward, I am... Uh, <laughs> I am checking my corners. I am keeping an eye out for anything, because I don't like the look. Okay, um, roll perception. Perception for me is... Hold on. Sorry. Perception is four, right? And then do any of my keen senses? Uh, I believe, I believe yes. Your yeah, keen senses plus one work. Perception. Yes, gives you plus one to perception. Okay. So is the first roll that we're seeing on screen. When you roll anything, basically what uh, is called a challenge. When you roll perception, you take your cunning plus any points you have in perception plus any qualities that you have that will improve that. So in this case, you have keen senses. Mm-hmm. How many dice do you have? I have five. Does my suspicious, because uh, I don't have the notes that you have on, that you put on mine, on my... Uh, no, uh, suspicious uh, is minus one die to anyone trying to deceive you. So okay. technically cool. it's, if they if they are trying to deceive you, they suffer. Uh, I think we'll put up these, like, player sheets, like, these character yeah. sheets on mine, so anyone who happens to actually listen to this, like, all three people will be yeah. listening to this <laughs> and see what's going on. Yeah, okay, cool. Alright. Um, I know, I'll be listening. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> give me a roll. Okay. Uh, all d6 right now. What was the success? Uh, uh, this is just an open test, so what are your highest? Open test. Uh, two fives and a two six. Two fives and a six, and then a two and a one. Okay. So, as of right now, you're just kind of observing, checking your corners, looking around, ensuring, you know, nothing's going to jump out of you f- out at you from the shadows. You don't see anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't anything. hear anything. Everything seems fairly quiet, at least out here on the castle grounds. Nothing out of place. Nothing seems out of place, except, of course, for the for the hired guards, the yeah. wardens. They are very out of place. They have very kind of long, slender helmets. They kind of pull back slightly. It's very... Everything about them is off-putting, but that's normal. You've worked... You've probably had some of them serve under you, at least in certain times of war beforehand. They're... Off-putting, they're out of place, but aside from them, nothing. Okay. Yet. Yep, that's that's what I like to hear. Um, <laughs> so, I love that word. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> such a simple three-letter word and it causes so much dread. So yeah, I'll, I'll make my way inside to the party. So I think the party. we... Uh, yes, the body. Funny. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Man needs to take a leak. RPGs, <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> Including take a dump. Boundaries are only in your mind. Roll for dump. You mean endure? Like, <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Let's keep going. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> we, uh, we, 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 we see you walking into the castle and the, uh, the fires it. on the sconces. Yes. Sorry, do you, should we describe what Cyrilla looks like? Yes, actually. Good, good idea. <laughs> Thank you. I just yeah. thought... What does, uh, what does Cyrilla look like? What is he wearing? What is his face? Cyrilla is... If I remember... Hold on. Check my inventory. Do it quick. Yeah, okay. So, um, tall, tall man. Uh, 6'4". Shaggy, black hair, somewhat kept, uh, brown eyes. He's, uh, not 
muscular, but he's big. He's built. Um, he's currently wearing a chain shirt, masterwork chain shirt, with just a, like normal leather endowments mm. on top of that. Do you wear Do you wear a uh, a tabard? Do you wear a like uh, the insignia of the crown on? Uh, probably like yeah, over the heart, like a upper chest. Yeah. Him. Do you, uh, or actually, do you wear like a uh, the the like seal of the Lord Protector? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, with uh my two sword, my two long swords over my back, my short sword on the left side of my belt, and then my two daggers placed on my thighs, or I guess a belt mm. belt holder. But yeah, five o'clock shadow, because mm. he's too busy to shave. <laughs> Alright, Alright, cool. So we we see you, armed to the nine inch nails, walking down the hall, and the camera like stays behind you, and the sconces on the walls just leave a long shadow behind you, and the camera drops into the shadow and out of it once again, and we're in the dining hall. Light everywhere, music just a little too loud it's it's uh it's definitely a setting where you have to speak up to be heard by someone three to four inches next to you like an average applebee's it's a little too loud us millennials are killing applebee's <laughs> um we see at the head table there is uh dominic colwyn the lord of kingdom on his left and his right are his children, and then on one side of his daughter, Tracia, Princess Tracia, crowned Princess Tracia, God knows she would remind me, <clears throat> uh, and her brother, is uh, <laughs> the hand of the king, Jaira Crow, looking very stern, not happy to be at a party, you know, as many serious folk are, and, uh, you know, introverts, but on the opposite end, next to the eldest son Typhon, Prince Typhon is a I think I'll let her describe tell us Catalina Valor what do you look like and what is your disposition at this at this head table very very serious head table not actually but the scary what do you, table? I guess it's the scariest table I mean the hand of the king is here it's the scary table yeah but she's like four people away from you don't worry She'd have to stand up to shoot you. <laughs> good to know, good to know. At least. I'll take, I'll take that as no. It doesn't provide much comfort, but... So I'm, I'm in my, my cleric garments. Um, she's a small girl, because she's like 19. Um, she has tanned skin, uh, very light freckling, with those big round glasses, and her eyes are green with black hair pulled into a loose ponytail, and a shawl to be thrown over her head. Uh, the reason she's at this table tonight is because she's the proxy of the Cardinal Lyson Horus. Amen. <laughs> He's away on business and chose one of his disciples to fill in. One of his, uh, uh potential apprentices what are you what are you immediately doing when we when we cut into Catalina what is she what is she doing well she uh, she was doing her job for the most part she was uh, giving prayers when they were asked for gracing the food 
Um, and she's having a small conversation on the side with Prince Typhon, since her, there's a moment where her presence isn't really needed. Okay. Prince Prince Typhon is is uh, upset. <laughs> Him and his uh, eldest sister, Tracia, had a fight. Again. Of course. Of course, again. <laughs> what else do they do but bicker over the throne and who will sit upon it? And of course, tonight's featured person of memory. They bicker about their mother, of course. Or went after the homie. Yeah. <laughs> Typhon finishes an exasperated sentence. He kind of half mumbles it to himself, half half speaking out loud to you, and and he he's he's in he has a lot of like venomous invective about his sister. He he says, "God, flame take her." I... That's like that's like this version of like Good. fuck that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, bless her heart. Yeah. I was thinking more of like, oh, put her on a cross. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I always do, <laughs> dealing with it. Temple massages. <laughs> <laughs> now for we talked about this. <laughs> so you know she has her her normal soft smile on, and she hears this because it was directed at her. And she's giving him that small little cue as in, it's a night for your mom. Don't be a brat. So it sounds as though you're trying to keep him under control. A little bit. Yeah? A little bit. Alright. Oh, you're gonna make me roll, aren't you? Indeed I am. You know how much people love being told to calm down. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We all listen to that, Just right? See, but at least it's not. She's not trying to tell Tracia to come. Yeah. Prince of this country, could you please calm the fuck down? So I, I think you're rolling a parlay. I guess I am. Yeah. Okay. This is a, uh, Chancy. It's standard. If you if you succeed, he'll restrain himself. If you fail. Maybe not, but perhaps something else will happen. Uh, your target charm, right? Uh, charm uh, and the skill parlay, and your target number will be five. You need one success of five. No, no He's successes. Two, three, and a four. <sighs> no successes. Okay. Um, yeah, he he says nothing. He he just kind of he he listens to you. He he or sorry, he hears oh, you. Was I supposed to roll my relation with him? Yes. Yes, you were. So should we fix this? Explain that. So a relation is a sentence that a player uh, has on their character sheet to describe their connection to another player or, or character. It can be an NPC. They can be awarded when you have a meaningful scene with another character, but they can also be improved as time goes on and as situations complicate. So, uh, two examples of a of a, um, a relation with someone might be Dominic killed Moira. I'll see him bleed for that. 1d6. So whenever they try and make Dominic bleed, they get a d6. I just realized Dominic is the name of the king, and in this example, Dominic did not kill Moira, just in case anyone is wondering. So, uh, I have a d6 in my relation with him, so should I re-roll, or...? Roll an additional d6. If you get a 5, you have one success. She really wanted to re-roll. I really did. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, see, that's the good and bad part about this, is if you if you just rolled poorly, and you're like, ah, oh, I have one more die, then you just get to roll that one more die. <laughs> Oh, but well, I, I had advantage. Because it was our first time, I would get 
the first diamond was Thorilla. <laughs> <I> can... <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So he he stays quiet. He seems to he seems to bite his tongue, but you can you can feel the heat coming off him. I did speak to him earlier this day. Yeah, he, but he. There is just a significant uh, angry feeling uh, coming off him. Like, like he, anytime he like glances at his sister, which he has to like lean forward or lean significantly back and risk toppling over and just making an ass of himself, um, he like has daggers in his eyes. He's just like real focused on her, and you you're seeing this happen, and you go to say something to try and grab his attention and a hand gently comes down on his shoulder and immediately the boy stiffens boy the, the young man no he's a boy he's a kid he's young 17 man. the young man stiffens in this man's hand and you look up and you see lord hollis the king's brother and the elder gentleman the old the old soldier he just pats the boy on the shoulder <clears throat> you see typhon regained his composure, probably not wanting to be scolded by his uncle, or worse, the Lord Protector. But, you know, you're a babysitter, right? That's my job. Yeah, babysit the <laughs> princess family. Make them look stupid in front of girls they like. Hey. Yeah, amen. Am I right, ladies? Yeah. Am I right, ladies? Doesn't it? Don't you? Don't you just hate it when your Lord Protector walks up, draws a sword, and just kills the babe you were looking at? It's <laughs> fucking bad. Hashtag no. relatable teen posts. No. <laughs> Not this one. Thud. Um, as Hollis kind of puts his hand on Typhon, you get the sense that perhaps they have had a conversation as well. Of what nature, you're not sure, but it definitely seems as though it, it reels him in, just that light touch. And we we leave you thinking about that. We come to Byron Penrose. Tell me, half-elf, what are you doing in this fancy hall of lords and ladies? What am I doing specifically? Yes. I, uh... Tall, slender, half-elven male, shaggy, dirty brown hair, and very light gray eyes. Sit in the corner of the room with my dark brown robe, hood up, just watching. Keeping a careful eye on Cassin, making sure no one near him is... Too, too close. Too close. Uh, I'm not really making myself noticed. I'm talking when spoken to, eating some food so I don't seem like a weirdo. But uh, just kind of sitting, observing, surveying the room. Passing observer. Do I notice anything interesting? Um, give to me a perception check. Um, Your target number is five. Well, oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying while he's rolling. Um, can we get like a layout so we have the first table with? Yeah. King? So there's the yeah the first there's the first table in the room. It's uh, a very large, like, huge oak table. It's like a solid mass of wood. It's not like it's not like a, a series of planks. It looks like it was carved from like a single huge tree. And then there are uh, per uh, perpendicular to that, lower down, uh, 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 like four or five stairs down. Um, there are several chairs, or sorry, uh, tables lined with people. 
and off to one side there is a doorway that clearly would lead to, lead to the kitchen. You see servants coming and going with goblets and maybe a few too many casks of ale are, are being brought up and maybe a few too many are going down. There's tons of people. All of them are way too rich for any of your blood except for maybe your Cirillo. When you arrive you might recognize some of them. Uh, there are uh, several um, columns at the uh, lining the edge of the room. On the other side from the hallway leading to the kitchen is one that leads further into the castle and one that will lead uh, towards the courtyard, which is where you're going to be entering, assumedly. There's a band in the corner of minstrels, and they're playing okay. All right. One of them has snapped a string already, and you're like, oh my god, the sun just set. This is... We've got strings, you know. Yeah. Really not reliable. Yeah, but, you know. You'd expect them to be professional in the House of Holstein, but we'll see. So, as this role pertains to my love, yes, Cassid, you get an additional d6. Beautiful, because I rolled like shit. Still rolled like shit. I rolled one five out of my five d6. Hey, them them bones, right? Them bones. Them bones. Um, you notice that there are several dignitaries and people in this room that are completely new to you, having spent some time at the castle, or are acting strangely. Um, actually, hmm. What does strange entail? So, you see, you see, uh, two lords in particular, uh, together, very, very close together. Um, and one of them is drinking very heavily, and he's laughing, and he's very loud and boisterous, and the other one who's near him is very, very quiet, very nervous looking, as if perhaps his friend may say something he's not supposed to, if you'd like to. I would like to put down any utensils I was using, you know, slowly stand up and try to say goodbye to whoever was sitting near me, if anyone was around me, you know, be yeah, cordial. Sure. And walk towards this man acting strangely, perhaps acting a little more inebriated. Give me an act roll, my friend. An act to get the 1d6. Let's go. Roll five. Five, okay. Um, uh, they have no reason to suspect you're not drunk. They, they, they believe you are more inebriated, perhaps, than you are. Um, I'm, I'm completely sober. Do you approach the the loud and boisterous one, or do you approach the the more quiet one? The boisterous one. Okay. Um, the man, the man, like he's surprisingly for for a man who's drinking so much. He's he's rather small in stature. He's thin. He has a very thick brown beard. His mostly balding head has a few stray curls. And he he raises the goblet high as if he could see through the pewter, and then empties it down his gullet and demands for it to be filled again, and then laughs about how it's taking so long, despite the fact he has immediately asked for it. <laughs> he sees you approaching after a moment, and he says, Do I know you? I'm f- not sure. I feel like I know mm, you. Maybe. Have you been in the castle for very long? Um, 
football I've been here today. What about you? I come and go. I come and go. Mm, I feel you, brother. Lord Castonin am I. And, and I. I like me a drink today. Oh, I like me a drink today. And you, you see the, the man next to him looking, uh, not very surprised by your approach. He doesn't look more nervous or more concerned as you've approached. He looks still as concerned as he was before. And he, he gently kind of pats his companion's back, this Lord Casternan. And he, uh, he looks sort of nervously for the the waiter to return uh i continue my jovial exchange with him and i notice this change not change in meter but this less outgoing demeanor. i go what are you what's your name i i'm i'm lord anita lord anita well it's very nice to meet you he, why uh, don't you have a drink he, ex- he extends your hand his hand to you i reach the hand out and i grab him you know the hearty forearm grab yeah he 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 shakes uh and he says i i i would drink more than i am but i'm i'm watching over my friend here well it's a very nice friend thing to do there i want to see if he's lying give me a decipher decipher three d6 that's a four a one and a one right he uh, as far as you can tell, does not appear to be lying to you. Okay. He uh, he does seem concerned for Lord Casternan. Also, it doesn't seem as though he's lied to you about his name or rank. How how well do you know the noble houses of Colwyn, specifically the crown houses? Um, I feel in my dealings I would have to know them rather well. Okay. Lord Casternan is a uh, is a, a, a he he is a he's a crowned house. He's on the council. He has a lot of authority. Um, he's not known to be this jovial or even this loose with his liquor. Uh, Lord Anita and him are friends from a very long time ago, and uh, yeah, it, it it definitely seems as though uh, it it makes sense that he would be looking out for him. You okay. you do know you do know they are they are together. Why it seems that Lord Anita is especially concerned is sort of beyond you. You're not sure. Well, I'm sure he's a big boy. He can probably handle his own liquor. Uh, yes. Uh, I I of course don't. I don't find Lord Castarnan to be a weak man by any means, nor uh, nor one who can't uh, drink his wine. Ah, and I cheer uh, him on the back. Yeah. Uh, as as uh, the word wine is mentioned, the servant appears, kind of fumbling, as he has a, a very a bigger goblet, and uh, Lord Casternan takes it and says, "This will, this will, this will do for now. Keep be handy, boy. I, I might require your services once again." Ah, <laughs> uh, and he drowns his beard slightly in the crimson wine grape wine which is not completely common here in holstein this peach wine is much more common um as he as the juice of the fruit stains his beard uh lord anita 
uh, looks to his friends awkwardly, almost apologetically, as if uh, trying to apologize to you for his friends' rather uncouth behavior. I uh, pretend not to acknowledge it. Well, if you two need anything, don't be afraid to look out for me. I'll be around, alright? Of course. Lord Anita kind of uh, double takes this. Um, what is your name, sir? I've I didn't I didn't. Uh, well, and I spilled the drink that I'm holding in my hand. Okay. On Lord Anita. Act roll. Uh, yeah, give me an act roll. Uh, I, I'm gonna give you uh, a circumstantial additional die. And then do I get because I avoid any conversation about myself? Absolutely, yes, you do. Oh, no, uh, that's your instinct? Yeah. Your instinct doesn't give you an additional die, but you will get experience for that. Okay. Potentially, if this gets you in trouble. Two and a four. Okay, so, um, uh, to Lord Anita, it appears as though maybe you spilt it on, not on on purpose because you're an asshole, but because (laughs) you're drunk, and you're you're a drunk asshole. (laughs) Not a sober asshole, but you're like... Well, and you lean your hand forward, flicking it to introduce yourself, and you spill it on him, and Lord Anita uh, takes a step back, and he begins uh, rubbing kind of the shirt. As he's rubbing his shirt and looking down, I... into the crowd. You disappear? Give me, give me a, 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 bl- a disguise roll to right. blend in. And... Disguise. That's 2d6. Do I get anything else? Yes, you can add your cunning as well. Add my cunning, Because you have the blend in. One. Alright. So that's 3d6. Don't fuck me over. Six, six, and a three. Excellent. You are gone. You are a ninja <laughs> in the night. You, you're somewhere in the party, and when Lord Anita looks back up to kind of shake your hand, or maybe call the guard, <laughs> or a servant, um, you're gone. And he assumes you have stumbled drunkenly into another <laughs> misadventure. Sure. I am keeping my eye on him, though. Sure. So That's fine. Yeah. He stole a quick dance from Cassin, and nobody saw. Ooh. Lord Lord Anita aside, and Lord Kestern aside. Julian Flynn. Oh, God. <laughs> You're in the party, off to the side. Mm-hmm. Of course. Staying out of the way of people, because they suck and they're cruel. Yes, they are. Just like you. Yep. <laughs> Julian Flynn, you're you're standing off to the side observing the party. Tell me, do you approach someone or does someone approach you? Um, someone definitely approaches him. Okay. Should I describe how Julian looks, by the way? Absolutely. So, uh, Julian is just, he's he's also 6'4". Um, I didn't mention before, uh, he is a another member of the Queen's Guard. He serves specifically under Cirillo, and they're, like, basically just training under him. Uh, he has... He, he has long brown hair. It goes down to about his shoulder blades. Um, he has just a very expressionless face. He never smiles or shows any sort of emotion. But, um, and then he has a small, like, 5 o'clock shadow on his face. But, uh... Yeah, that's how he looks, and he's wearing, like, studded leather kind of armor with the Queen's Guard symbol in the tavern over it. Mm. And he has slung around his back a very finely made masterwork uh, composite bow, and then a morning star on his side. Nice. Nice. As, uh, as you're standing there, you're just overlooking the scene. Maybe you, you kind of glazed over for a moment because music just, it's, it's just 
it's all lullaby. You're just kind of like, I don't want to be here. I should be on the wall. Someone should be getting a shaft in them in one way or another. And you are approached, or, or not, uh, actually, yes, you are approached by a very small, dark-haired young lady. Very small. About eight years old small. Baby Princess Sibylla has found you in the crowd. And she looks at you from the ground. Do you notice her, or does she have to gain your attention? Uh, he doesn't notice her. He's keeping watch over everything else. Finn! Hello there, little one. The little princess raises her arms to you and just exclaims, Up! And he he, he bends over and picks her up. Pr- princess uh, Sevilla looks around, and she kind of pouts. And she says, Finn, where's Uncle Rillo? I think he's he's scouting the grounds first. Mm. Tell him to hurry up. Well, if I leave now, then you won't see either of us. No. Don't worry, he'll be here soon. She looks around, and she seems to be caught like to someone else's attention. And she goes, down, down. <laughs> he, he carefully puts her down. She she scuttles off into the crowd, and you you notice that like. All the nobles, like, it's kind of a joke, but they, like, they step aside and they give, like, a little bow to her because, yeah, she's an eight-year-old, but uh, if we knock her over, uh, we might lose a hand. (laughs) So they give her a good berth. No one bumps into her. If she's about to, like, hit the corner of a table, you see a lord, like, just happen to, like, move his arm so it's a soft to just kind of, like, nudge as opposed to just, like, a clank. And she keeps going fumbling her way into the crowd and you are approached from the side by a lord uh you can tell he's a lord not by his uh not only by his demeanor but by his clothing and yet they're muted he wears uh a dark brown uh tunic he has a sable cloak he wears a house with a uh uh, a house's seal which is a a white rose with a dagger behind it how well do you know the, the the houses of Colwyn? Um, sort of like first year college, just learning about them. Okay. Um, give me an education role. Oh, jeez. Okay. Education. You know about as much as someone who learned their American history through Hamilton. Like, that's what you know. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's basically. more than a lot of people might realize. <laughs> yeah, I have one die in it, so let's find out what I do. Awesome. That's a one. Is that a crit fail? How does that work? <laughs> you do not know. You know nothing. You know he's a noble and nothing beyond that. Yeah, you don't even know his name. You're like, saw, dude, that's a nice sigil. <laughs> that's pretty good. I'll be taking that right off your chest. Hit him right in the sigil. The man approaches you and he asks, Sir Knight, are you to be handling the princess in such a cavalier manner? Julian just, he doesn't, he just looks over at him and then turns so he can see the queen's guard, like, sigil. The the man, the man kind of gives a, a small bow and, and kind of disarms himself uh, of his manner. He, his shoulders relax and he says, of course, my apologies. I believe I've seen you in a tourney here a couple of months ago. Archery, wasn't it? Not his head. Yes. afraid your name escapes me july no 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 uh julian flynn correct 
He nods. Never miss. I remember now. Pleased to meet you. I am Baron Neris. Let's stop. Write some notes. Uh, yes. <laughs> of course. Lots of names being thrown around. I'm not gonna remember. Give jack me a shit. Yeah, that's why, that's that's why we got notebooks, people. Um, this man is uh very very bold to just approach a uh, a man of the Night's Guard and kind of just begin talking to him. He's not even a, a crowned. He's not a crowned noble. Uh, he's not a member of the crown houses. He's a he's just a baron. It is a party. Um, it is just a party. Is he lit? He's uh he's not lit and he's not turned either. It's unfortunate. Fucking loser. He he's very he's very <laughs> calm. He has a by the way to no, describe him further, he has black uh, black hair, um a small beard, and he's actually an elf, like a full elf. No wonder he liked your archer. He um he too uh as 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 your conversation kind of peters off with him mentioning uh, like he's pleased to meet you. You notice he scans the crowd um, very quickly, but then you recognize this as he's looking for something in the same way that you've looked for something from the battlements to impale. Uh, <laughs> you're not sure what he's here for, but he's he's very curiously observing the crowd and then turns back to you to continue the conversation and then every so often we'll look again you cut back in you kind of focus back into the conversation and he he finishes his sentence saying i don't suppose you'll be attending next year's tony will you i might oh i was going to send my son but uh well i don't want to lose that much money probably a better idea not to you hear someone call his name and he, like almost like a stage direction, turns and says, "I must be going," and walks off. And the entire the entire situation felt very forced. He was walking up to you, not to talk to you. It seemed. If you would like to give me a decipher roll, sure. Well, while he's rolling, do I notice this elven man amongst this crowd? Your attention is actually going to be drawn elsewhere. Uh huh. That's six and a four. Alright. Um, he is... He was walking up to you to get a vantage point. You're in a position where you can survey the room as you decided to be in. He was walking up to you to do the same. Talking to you was just a distraction. He wanted to see who was here. Who he was looking for, you don't know, but he was definitely searching for someone in particular. We, uh, turn back over to you. Byron Penrose. Alright. Your attention has been brought to a foreigner in your midst. A magistrate. As everyone knows, the ceasefire with Steinira has recently been made. Well, it would only be proper for a uh, dignitary from such a nation to be here. I walk towards Kassim as soon. As soon as you see this Steinirian dignitary? As soon as I see him. Okay. Keep finishing. Finish the description. The man is the man is um, speaking with several several no- nobles of the of the crown houses and other levels, and there's uh, he's kind of like a very gaunt faced man, black beard, completely bald. Uh, there's a tattoo on the side of his neck that climbs to about his ear, and it looks like a snake whispering. So he's a villain. <laughs> That's what he looks. But he looks like a. He's wearing the garb of like a, uh, 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 like a 
a tradesman of like a, a a merchant guild member perhaps a sailor which is where he has the tattoo from or he's literally satan that is also a possibility i thought so um uh yeah immediately walk over to Kasim. um Kasim uh was kind of arm or head resting in his arm wasn't paying attention wasn't wasn't enjoying himself he was perhaps daydreaming of a few hours I'm... prior not going to walk directly up to him. Of course. Going to be near him. And in situations like this, him and I probably have developed some sort of signal to notion that we have to discuss something mm. in private. Okay. He stands up. He says uh, to his, something to his father, uh, probably to the effect of, I'm going to go mingle. Uh, you see this. You see one of the princes kind of suddenly get up and kind of out of nowhere decide to just kind of walk into the party. Goddamn, boy, be chill. Be chill. Come on, be cool. Um, he's, he's not as cool as you, dude. He's, nah, he's not as cool. He's not as cool as you, but he's, he's real he's sweet. He's so hot. He's so hot. <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I could probably assume he wanted an out because he... He, he wasn't in The whole himself. night, his older siblings were bickering. His dad's a little drunk. You're ambushed, by I'm the am- way. <gasps> yes. That's the first time I've gotten that response from a player. <laughs> You're ambushed. Yes. Oh, I have to roll initiative. No, this... Yes? Okay. So, is, is this happen as he's getting up? He, uh... He, as, he gets up and he starts walking away. And as that happens, Catalina is, uh, assaulted by a, uh... I don't know, like, two and a half, three foot tall princess. <laughs> who kind of runs and... Or fumbles and kind of jumps her way into your lap and like you immediately see like the the king like look over and typhon also look over prince typhon look over and he's like you're supposed to act proper and fuck it she's eight okay then <laughs> <laughs> when you're at the other I love, like a like a very a very light laugh cat and she's like she's like sitting in your lap and she's just looking up at you and she's she's just having a a great time she's like two hours up past her bedtime and uh (laughs) the only the only the and and you know she gets to eat all the sweets she likes there's cake out it's awesome for an eight-year-old she doesn't have to care about politics everyone's nice to her for some reason it's great even people she doesn't even know are nice to her she's just making a whole bunch of friends and she's just like spewing eight-year-old dialogue at you i went to the the field and i picked (laughs) the flowers and then i made some bread and then i saw him (laughs) it's just it's just uh your voice got deep real quick uh, vomit of of eight-year-old information it's it's like all unimportant but as you're like as you're being submerged you're like drowning in like and then i did this and we went out and and you're like choking on all of the words and you just see you hear typhon laugh next to you and he picks his uh little sister up and he puts him puts her in his lap and he says now now if you talk her to death we'll have problems and she she looks up and she says, "I can't talk anyone to death. I'm not a witch." <laughs> uh, my ears perk up. I'm triggered. <laughs> <laughs> witch. Catalina has has a, a very soft smile. She 
She was listening. She seems very happy to listen to Sevilla. She likes her. She's an adorable eight-year-old. Typhon kind of... He, he's like enjoying his little sister's company as much as any uh, any 19-year-old will enjoy an 8-year-old's company. Which is, you know, decent enough for a child. You know, she's, yeah, she's nice. She's polite. She's not like, she's not calling Typhon a duty face or anything like that. You know, she was raised better. She knows that if she doesn't, she's going to get a scolding from Uncle Rillo. As, uh, as, as the, uh, as the night kind of begins to continue, as the feast, as the second course is being brought out, and then you, some of you who may not have attended a feast like this are like, holy shit, that was the first course? Oh my god. Shh. Well, bye. Bye, Belt. I, I didn't have... need you. Just... How many courses do I have to bless? <laughs> Enough of them. Oh, no. <laughs> Make them all kosher. Uh, <laughs> Typhon sits up, uh, kind of stands up, and he leaves Sibylla next to you. Because, you know, she's adorable. He stands up, and he looks at you, and he says, I'll be back. Uh, and he kind of he has kind of his hand on his stomach, like I need a. I need air. I need I need empty out before I keep going for this nonsense. <laughs> um, he stands up and he as he walks away, we see his uh, his uncle kind of like turn to him, and kind of follow after him. Cassin and yourself, oh. you are off to a private side. The band is like... I want to leave the room. You want to leave the room? I want to leave the room. Okay. All right, you leave the room. Mm-hmm. You you and Cassin, you're in a... I don't want this conversation happening where anyone else could possibly see it. Or hear it. Mm-hmm. So what you've done is you've left you've left the room on the band side. Mm-hmm. And there's like just a... There's like a small... Um, there's basically like a small study there. Okay. Does, you um, walk into that room. Does Julian take note of that? Does he notice that? Give me a perception. Give me, give, give me a perception. You give me a stealth. Are they? They're not walking towards me, right? Stealth is five plus the D to protect cast. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a six, a five, and two fours. All right, buddy boy, let's go. Oh my you God. Can do this. I believe in you. Six D six. Let's go. Up two fives. And it's no one six one five. I got a six, a five, and two fours. It's kind of matched. You know, you notice it, but like you've seen them like go yeah. off together. It's yeah, not so weird it's just or taking anything. Note. Yeah, you see, we're you've... friends. We're yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm, friends. <laughs> <laughs> the two, yeah, the two of them, they leave the party. You guys walk out, and the you go into a, a study that's immediately behind behind the band, like like. On the other side of the wall is the band, so all anyone could hear if they were trying to listen in is the music. You're in this room, it's quiet, there's no one else in there. There's like two candles lit, it's very dim. And uh, Kazan, uh, he sits down, he kind of plops himself down in one of the chairs. He's he's drank a little bit, nothing crazy, but you know, he's starting to feel it, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> and he asks, uh, what, uh, what is it? Well, I saw a uh, man. You know, dignitaries, it's quite common for people to come, but... Right. Someone from Steinera. Um, yes, yes, the Magistrate. Who might that be? Uh, his name is Ka- Kylos, Magistrate Kylos. Why is he here? Uh, with the... With the, uh, um, uh, ceasefire that my father 
and Steinir have negotiated these well. Um, uh, as an act of good faith, he was invited to the party. Steinirans didn't have anything to do with the death of my mother, so it's just seen as a, a good way to reach out and invite them to uh, a, well, a, a, this. Alright, um, I take a second to try and digest that and have that make sense. Uh, I peek out the door. Do I, can I see him from my vantage point? Can I see him sitting outside of the main... The, the magistrate? Dining? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you can see him. He's not, he's not trying to, like, hide or anything. Is, what's he up to? Is he just sitting there drinking? He's, he's drinking, he's talking to some of the nobles around him. He looks, like, a little uncomfortable to be in a room full of Colwen, Colwenians. He's he's trying he's making small talk he's he's like constantly involving himself so he's not just like sitting there idle he looks on he looks like awkward he feels awkward okay. probably do I see anything else just give me a perception <gasps> it doesn't look like he's just sitting there menacingly <laughs> uh, two sixes and a four you see uh, one of the high lords leaving through uh, the door towards the courtyard I wouldn't think anything of that no. Probably not. Uh, I close the door. I lock it. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Fade to, fade to screen. Fade to black. Alright, so, so we see, we see, uh, in the middle of a party. Hey, Come he's on. not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. We're both, he's a little bit tipsy. Now you're doing something. You're so doing we, we, uh, like the, the camera, <laughs> the camera's just like, uh, at the door, basically. And the door is closing, and we see you rush towards him. There's an embrace, and the rush of air takes out the two candles, and the door clicks. We cut to our Lord Protector outside, and a shadow is walking towards him from the gloom of the castle. Where is everyone on the interwebs? If uh, if anyone wants to shout anything Uh, out. Tyler Anthony Three Wise on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sir Tenderloin, Sir underscore Tenderloin. Uh, I probably don't notice because I've never been on. I don't go on Twitter that often, but I'm also Sir Tenderloin on Instagram. I'll probably find that quicker. That's a beautiful Sir Tenderloin. Yeah. It's Sir Tenderloin or the Real Duckling. It's either one of those. Oh yes, Daddy, the Real <laughs> Duckling. <laughs> Ooh. I don't exist on the internet. I, you won't I, find me for a long time. Nice and easy. Boom. Um, what is my Twitter? I believe it's... Uh, Mighty Panda. I don't think it's Mighty. I believe it's Upstanding Panda is my is my Twitter. Let me open that real quick. But other than that, um, depending on what we do in the future, I don't know where exactly we're posting this stuff. Probably iTunes Podcasts. iTunes Podcasts. We might have a YouTube for VODs. Yeah, stuff like Twitch. that later. Event, well, eventually, when we get video stuff going. Yeah. But video stuff, um... um yeah, I think it's just Upstanding Panda, and then Unmighty Panda is my Instagram if you're interested in that. Something, type something shit. in the secret box. So yeah, subscribe to this. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh wait, me. There's yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. He's got stuff. Pimp out your shit. Yeah, pimp, yeah. Uh, he actually has a legitimate stuff. To shameless form. whoring of myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find me on YouTube at uh, the Nowhere Press. Um, uh, and that's about it. Yeah, that's where you can find me at the Nowhere Press. Uh, uh, look for my book when it comes out. It's, uh, it's a work in progress, but yeah, uh, yeah. But Ken, uh, what's uh, what do you do on the Nowhere Press? Uh, it's a fictional radio station, much in the vein of Welcome to Night Vale, in which I 
voice the radio host of the eponymous Nowhere Press uh, broadcast in which people send in uh, pieces of literature, poetry, works of fiction, and I update the world, or sorry, uh, Mr. Astarte updates the world on the goings-on within the town of Nowhere and all the horrific things that are going on within it. Um, we are currently in a hiatus, uh, which will hopefully come to an end soon. Alrighty, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So that's episode one, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Give me my food. <laughs>